Hey guys, this is the Damage Control Podcast, and I'm Anthony Angelillo. And I'm Melinda Grimaldi. Are you ready for our next episode? Let's get down to business. It's Anthony Angelillo, branch manager over here at Paramount Residential Mortgage Group, CEO, founder of Tag Team Nation, top originator of the year 2020, shooting for 2021, co-host of Damage Control. Been doing this 18 years, just got out of a closing at 8.30 this morning, and truly blessed for what we do guys like it's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing to have a smooth close in and have people around you that actually you know really know what they're doing and um very blessed to be a lender and uh part of this show i'm uh pretty pumped to, to talk to yari we spoke with her on clubhouse and um she's a smart cookie so with that i'll introduce melinda hi guys melinda grimaldi uh, real estate and title attorney at Grimaldi Law Firm. And officially today, we launched the Closers Title Company. Nice. Woohoo! Today, April 1st, I put that deadline out and we did it. Um, so I'm super excited about that. I'm also super excited to be part of this award-winning damage control. I got to keep the award. I guess I'll keep <laughs> it for now. I'll give you custody of it in the next, uh, next week. But uh, super excited to have been awarded uh, Podcast of the Year by the Miami Board of Realtors. So we're excited about that. And super excited about our next uh, guest here today, Yara. I had the pleasure of working with Yara now in a few deals. And I love working with her, super positive. And uh, the more I speak to her, the more like legit I realize she is. Not that I thought you weren't, but like I'm like, wow, she has so many amazing strategies and tools and things. So uh, that's why we wanted to have you on the show so that you could share some of those nuggets that we, yeah. uh, we were starting to unwrap the other day on clubhouse, uh, to share with everybody else, because I, it's really an industry where we should be learning from each other and not trying to recreate the wheel and all that stuff. So Yara, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll just uh, start chit chatting. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me, um, both of you, and um, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I am the owner of the South Florida Homes Group. We're powered by Keller Williams Realty, so I've been with Keller Williams for the past five years um, and been in the business for the past five years. So I, as soon as I got licensed, I came and joined KW because I knew that I needed um, to make money yesterday <laughs> and they were going to be the ones to teach me. Um, and, uh, we are on pace to close 75 transactions this year. Um, I have a team with my buyer's agent, my TC, we are in the process of looking for another admin at the moment. Um, and yeah, super excited to be here. I love it. Thank you so 75. much. Wow. 75 in five years is badass. Man. Listen, you know, I was talking to her about the challenge a couple of weeks ago and she goes, yeah, we already do that. Like every day, like at least 10 calls a day. I'm like, oh. that's what, that's why you had the numbers that you have, because it's super important. If you don't make your calls, you don't fill your pipeline. If you don't fill your pipeline, you're not closing. So yeah. Um, good stuff there. So for any of you that are watching, whether you are in our, our challenge sales challenge or not, Tank calls a day, people. It makes sense. Like there's a there's math to it of why it's so important. Connect with ten people a day, and you will definitely see the benefits in your business. So, uh, let's get right into it. Um, I want to talk about first what we started to talk about a little bit on Clubhouse, which was um, your your yes. uh, presentation. What'd you yes. say? The presentation want- to the appraisers. The yes, yeah, the I thought that was such a 
I've never heard any other agent do it or talk about it. I think it's a great strategy. So um, why don't you uh, go over a little bit about what you do uh, when you have a listing, which you have many of, and you've, I know we've been working with a lot of your sellers. So what, what are you doing to get those uh, properties appraised at, at, as best as you can impact that? that and what happen? did you inspire? Like, why did it inspire you to do that and implement that? That's yes. really what I want to okay. hear. Um, well, I think it's important from the beginning of taking any listing to think like an appraiser, right? We oftentimes I see agents thinking like sellers, which in this market, especially we're thinking greedy. We're not thinking, you know, strategic. Um, so go into any listing appointment thinking like an appraiser. Now, how does an appraiser appraise properties? They're looking at you know, bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, lot square footage, features, benefits, things like that, upgrades, um, non-upgrades. So um, I really, when I go into a listing appointment, I go in with a range in mind. I don't go in with an exact dollar amount because one, we're looking to, um, you know, collaborate with our clients. And two, we want to make sure that we're educating our clients and letting them know this is what can happen if you price your property at this, um, at this price. So um, going in with that, and then going into when you get your multiple offers, especially in this market, you're getting multiple offers, and you're wanting to know that this property is going to appraise. And if it doesn't, we need to take X amount above appraisal value. Um, so I already have a, a great, like a good idea in mind of where I think a property will appraise. So I need to know that we're going to get, you know, $20,000 above um, in cash and I need to see the cash. So meeting with an appraiser is um, super important. And I'm not going to lie in my first year or two, I was just like, oh, meet with an appraiser. Like, I don't have time for that. I need to get another deal. Um, but I started slow, but I slowed down and I started realizing that meeting with the appraiser is very important and very crucial. Um, it's even crucial in this market, even though things may get appraised, may not get appraised, um, that you meet with the appraiser and you give him all of the value. Um, I'm starting to see more and more Miami appraisers coming into Broward County because we work Broward County um, most mainly we work Broward County um, instead of Miami-Dade. And if you have a Miami-Dade appraiser coming into my uh, Broward County and they're, they're not mostly working this area, they don't really know what's going on in the different subdivisions, what's around the subdivisions, just the different infrastructures and things that, um, that can go into pricing a property. So one, I always ask, have you worked the area when I talk to the appraiser? Um, so I can get a feel and then I, and don't be afraid to ask them um, where they think the value is going to come in at. It's super important that you do that while you're on the phone with them scheduling the appraisal appointment, because they're going to kind of give you an, an estimate of where they think, um, you know, the property will come in at. I've also um, requested for an appraisal to be reassigned because I didn't think that the, that a specific appraiser had um, knowledge of the area. So also don't be afraid of that. Um, so when we do meet with the appraisers, we are giving them a packet. Uh, the packet really, all it states is um, one, a thank you letter. So thanking them for coming out and accommodating to our schedule. Usually we're accommodating to their schedule, but I still want to put that out. And the, the letter also states all the different things that are available in the packet. 
So what I you know, make sure to include is features and benefits. So any updates that have been done to the home, anything like it could be like removal of popcorn ceiling. I'm still going to make sure that that, you know, is included in the packet. Um, and we're also including if we've received multiple offers, I want to make sure I include all the multiple offers that were received, especially in this market. We've gotten like 20, 30 offers on a property. Um, the appraisers need to know that the value is there. Even though it's an opinion, um, they need to know that these people are willing to pay X amount for these homes. Um, and it's super important that you highlight that. Uh, the next thing would be to highlight the BCPA or well, the Broward, the tax appraiser sheet. So depending on what county you're in um, and making sure that you've got the uh, square footage and everything properly on the tax appraisers website. Um, so we print that out. We print out um, the comps. And then in addition to the comps from the MLS, I'm also printing out the tax sheets for each property because they need to see on the MLS it stated this and on the tax sheet it also stated this so they can align the square footage in the bedroom, bedroom and bathrooms. Um, what else are we putting in? Hold on, I have my, my packet here. Uh, so in addition to that, we're putting in upgrades. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Any um, any multiple offers as well. So, I I I think that's super important in today's market to put the other offers in, because if you have thirty people with above asking price, yep. Uh, you know, and it's happening. It's for real. It's legitimate. Like that. That's the market that we're in. So I think that does impact what a property is valued. A value is like, what will somebody pay for it almost, you know? Yeah. You you'll have like industry standards, but really it's like at the end of the day, the value of something is what people are going to pay for it. Like what will be, what will be paid for it? You know? Sarah, yeah. What do you put on that? Thank you letter. Like what ge general, like I'm curious, like what is the thank you? It's the thank you letter to the appraiser for doing his job or her job. Yeah, I can, um, I can tell you really quickly. It just says, um, I want to thank you for taking the time to appraise our listing today and for accommodating to our schedule. I really appreciate it. I hope to be able to help you in any capacity I can to ensure the appraisal goes smoothly attached to our list of features of the blah, 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 whatever is attached. Should you have any questions or concerns, please do not hesitate to give me a call. I would love to assist. Awesome. Wow. And you print this whole thing out. So sometimes yeah. if you're like 40 offers, you're printing a big stack then, or are you just printing the well, first page? Just the first page. We're not printing all 12 of the as is. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That, and so what is their reaction when you give them this package? Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> what is, what do they say? Um, typically it's just thank you. Okay. Um, because I feel like they're expecting it. I don't know. I, I have the kind of, uh, sense that they've already, they're expecting me to come in with something. Um, so I just, I hand it to them, uh, you know, and, and get out of their way. I don't make any small conversations or small talk with them just because I feel like they already have the, um, idea, like we're going to try to like schmooze them and try to like, you know, become like best friends with them. That's not my um, style. Like I go in and I'm very business and professional and I want to make sure that we, you know, hold that uh, with them and just give them the packet and just get out of their way. 
go do what you need to do. Let, you need help let them. them do their thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I love that. That's great. You also mentioned uh, in the beginning that you make sure you set up the expectations with the seller of what would happen if, um, you know, things don't appraise, et cetera, et cetera. So I know that that's that setting expectations with our clients, I think is one of the most crucial things, whatever, whether it's buyer or seller about the process, about, you know, yeah. outcomes and timeframes. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what kind of things you, 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 you kind of pep talk to seller uh, about when, it, when you have a seller, when it's your listing. Well, if it's a seller that um, is wanting to like overprice their property, I'm going to tell them like, listen, this is your property at the end of the day. I'm just here as your advisor, but I need you to know this is what's going to happen. If we get an offer, they're going to agree to the offer um, and the appraisal comes in and it's super low. You're going to either have to come down in price or the buyer is going to come up in price. Now, depending on what the, um, the price point is, I know between 250 to 350, sometimes even 400, these buyers don't have additional money. They're spending like their last dime on this house. Um, so I'll let them know, like, you know, we may or may not be able to bring the buyer up with cash. So this is what is going, this is what can happen. Um, so that way they're well aware. And then we have to, I do this multiple times. I have these conversations multiple times because you can tell somebody this the one time and they will not listen to you. They will not remember. They'll be like, I don't remember you telling me that. Um, so we have these conversations over and over again at the listing appointment before we list the property, if they still are stubborn and not want to come down in price or not want to meet us in price. Now in this market, it's obviously a little bit different. Um, sellers are getting their price and they're getting above asking, um, you know, so that that's another story. But in a, in a normal market, we're setting these expectations up at every point. Um, and then let's say we have a market that our inventory is about like two months. Um, we're making sure that we put in our listing agreements that they need to um, adjust the price within two weeks if we don't have any offers and we have X amount of showings. I love that she's, Melinda, setting the expectations to the appraiser saying, look, this is the justification of why the value is there. She's presenting the value and whether they like it or not, there's value in that property for X reasons, right? So that is a, you're twisting it and I love it, man. The way you think is like a consumer and that's probably why you're closing 75 you know, deals. But I mean, you're, the way you operate and think is, is impressive in five you years. Have to, you have to think like a consumer. I think a lot of times what gets in the way of realtors is they think like a realtor. They're like, no, but this is, you know, this is what's supposed to happen. But really it's not like it's the consumer to, that dictates what's, you know, what's going to close. Are they willing to do this? Are they willing to do that? Melinda had to get involved with a, a transaction a few weeks ago. The buyer, even at the closing table, we had the listing, wanted to negotiate $3,000 off for a, for a walkthrough. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but you know. Which were things that were already there, you know, right. but then once furniture is removed and things are taken out of the property and it's and empty, you, that are you can see things. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we can't, we, we have to get out of our own way. We can't say, no, we can't allow this. If the seller is okay, the buyer is okay. Let's make the deal happen. Um, yeah, for sure. That exact same deal was the one I even mentioned this one to you, Anthony, that how much did the buyer agree to pay above asking? 
38,000. 38,000. And guess what? Okay. It was short, like 38,000 or like very close to that. And then so, he was trying to like maneuver his way out of it. I mean, this, so the, this was a perfect example. The, pro the property was not supposed to appraise more than 265. And I told the seller this from jump. Like I told him, I was like, this house is not more than 265. He even wanted to list it at 280 and get 300,000 for it. Like he knew that this market, it was, it was going to bring him that. Had we not had this specific buyer, he would not have gotten over 280, but this specific buyer was willing to pay $38,000 above appraisal. Um, and it appraised at 265. It appraised exactly where I told him it was going to, um, even with the packet, with everything. So that's why we had to guarantee that the buyer would have the money to come to closing. Um, and he still wanted to, <laughs> to negotiate how much he was putting above appraisal. So, yeah, it's something. Has right? any appraiser ever rejected your package saying, I don't want it? No, thanks. I've got my own. No. Interesting. Interesting, man. Wow, so, that's, so that's good, right? Extremely no, it's it's the finesse and the technique and the delivery, and and for you to think all of that on your own is is truly impressive, man. Um, it's it's not on my own. Let me tell you, I learned from the best of the best. So that's why I pride on my I pride myself on being a KW agent is because I can call a mega agent in Tennessee and just say, hey, what are you guys doing? I can call an agent in California and say, what are you guys doing? I can go to the you know, the office next door and ask them what they're doing. So we're all open and we're able to share ideas with each other on a much higher level. So it's not me that came up with these brilliant ideas. I ripped and dipped it, ripped and duplicated it. Um, and you know, it's, it's working. So there's definitely, um, no need to recreate the wheel, right? If, if you just can tweak someone else's wheel, <laughs> right? So uh, yes, it's better. super important. Make it yourself, make it your own, right? Your own, your own spin on it. Uh, but definitely a strategy that they even say that with lawyers, you know, like don't try to create a new contract from scratch, go find one that's similar and tweak that one, right? Yeah. Um, so it's the same thing, same thing in anything, even in business. So I love that. Um, how are you seeing, we spoke about this a little bit with the, do you have any other strategies with the above market price kind of contracts that we're dealing with right now uh, and how to handle it if you're on the buyer side or the seller side? Huh. Um, on the buyer side, I mean, all we're really doing to get uh, contracts accepted is shortening the loan approval window, which I have to obviously make sure that the lender is able to do that or have come with a loan approval in hand. Um, so I asked the lenders, I'm like, can you get them fully underwritten in order for us to just void that contingency? Um, you know, and, and lots of times you have to waive the appraisal contingency. That does not mean that you're waiving an appraisal. It means that um, if the appraisal comes back short, that they have the money to put above, um, above that to meet the contract price. Um, I'm not finding a lot of buyers can do that for the three to 400,000 price point, but above the 400,000, especially if they're relocating, they're coming from New York, they're coming from Chicago, they've got cash. So they're totally willing to do that because they need, they're, they don't need, but they want desperately to get out of the states that they're in. So that's what we're all competing with. The local buyers are competing with the out of town buyers. And those out-of-town buyers are willing to do that. So it's tough for the local ones to, you know, have that ability to do so because they're, it's either going in, they're going into a starter home um, or they just don't have the funds. 
So uh, waiving appraisal, loan approval, uh, deadlines waived, uh, inspection period shortened to like three yeah. days, which my inspection. Yeah. Like there's really no need for a 15 day inspection period guys. Like, Oh, actually I was just talking. So over the weekend I went to California and we had like a mini mastermind with other agents. Um, so a few agents, um, uh, met up in Sonoma and, um, one of the agents was telling me what she does is she gets her inspector to come in at the showing and run through the house in like 15 to 20 minutes and give her the breakdown on like big ticket items, like the roof, the AC unit, the water heater. Um, if you are able to collaborate with your inspector and get that done in the showing and have the buyer pay like half the price of what an in inspection really is, you can make sure that you can either waive the inspection or have like a two to three day inspection to where you don't have to like draw it out. Um, and the only thing is, is there's so many buyers right now, the inspectors are like, you know, up to their neck. So they're like, give us a few days. And I can't, I can't give you a few days. So maybe I can bring you in on a showing and then bring you back in two days later. Um, you know, if the yeah. contract is accepted. So that's a cool strategy. It also depends on the, like the, the feel of the, of the buyer, right? Cause some buyers are more like I didn't even really need to do an inspection, right? Because my family is in the construction industry. Like they already knew the problems before we get it. But we're like, let's not be stupid. And let's actually, as an attorney, a real estate attorney and, and doing closings every day, I go, I, I asked an agent that I know, I go, give me your toughest like deal killing inspector. Let me see if I can like, <laughs> you know, knock off a couple bucks. And we, I did, I did, but not a lot because we, the, there was nothing really hidden. It was, it, it was what it was, yeah. but um, you know, like for that, you know, we were, we were able to kind of run, rush through the inspection period being more, but you, if you had those new time home buyers, you want to make sure they feel comfortable with that option, right. Of, of right. not having yeah. the full appraisal, but it's yeah. definitely a, definitely a good strategy to present and say, we could try this out. If you have an inspector that's willing to. I mean, and you can always advise them in the beginning. So when we do buyer consultations, I let them know what's happening in the market. I'm not going to bullshit you. Like, this is what, you know, this is what's happening. And at first they'll be like, no, I bought a home like seven years ago. Like I have this one client relocating from Chicago. She's like, I bought a home and it was like a buyer's market. Like, are we able to get a deal? No, you're not able to get a deal, but you'll see, you know, in time when your second, third, fourth offers don't get accepted. And that's exactly what happened two, three offers later. And they're like, oh, wow, you weren't lying. Like this really is like, you know, a competitive market. So they, even if you warn them, they still, they won't get it until they go through the, um, you know, the motions and then yeah. they're, they finally get competitive. And that's when you start seeing them like, okay, we need to now void inspection. I'm like, oh, you want to void inspection? Okay. <laughs> Is that the case now? Okay. That's, that's uh, similar to the loan side too. I just had two couples uh, re-pull credit and I was looking at it, I'm like, look, the numbers aren't going to change. You know, your buying power is not going to go higher unless you add a, a co-applicant. People don't want to hear the truth, man. Mm -hmm. they, they, it's straight up. They don't want to hear the truth and, and they want what they want. Bottom line. Yep. Um, let me ask you a question. Let's, let's pivot here. What do you think sets yourself apart from other agents? Five years in the business, 75 closings. What are you doing to level up your game? Like what, what do you do daily? Shut up and listen. Wow. <laughs> oh, all right. A lot of agents kind of like, like talking about themselves and I hate doing this, like this, these like panelist style things where I'm talking about myself. I don't like doing it, but I'll do it to help another agent. So, um, you know, 
just getting into conversation with your clients, like listen to what they want, you know, out of the transaction and educating. Um, and so, yeah, just communication is, is number one for me. We have a question from the audience. Where does most of your business come from? So our top three lead sources right now are database, um, agent to agent referrals and online leads. We're converting online leads at a very high rate. Love that. Um, all that is all separate, like conversations, right? Like each one of those we can go into. <laughs> we can we can offshoot into each one of those conversations. Elaborate but, on the agent to agent. I got to hear this. You do this really well. You do this really well. So talk. Let's talk about that. What are you? So what Keller, are you doing? So Keller Williams has a huge network of agents. We've got one hundred eighty thousand agents worldwide. Um, I leverage that and I treat those agents, my referral partners, like their clients. So during the holidays, we send them out cards. We send them out, um, anytime they refer us business, even if it doesn't lead to anything, I'm sending them a thank you card, box of chocolates, um, you know, really like treat them like they are your clients, like love on them. Like you would love on your sphere <clears throat> and, um, and look out for them because they're also needing business too. So I always make sure I go out of my way to connect an agent that needs somebody in a specific area. Um, so I've managed to kind of, uh, you know, just through uh, conferences and Facebook, social media, get to know, you know, other agents, get to know their families too, because they're going to put all their business on Facebook. And so little by little, you create relationships with these people. Don't be afraid to travel. Don't be afraid to spend money. Um, my first year that I traveled, I went to a Keller Williams family reunion and I spent like $2,000. And I was just like, oh my God, it's a lot of money. But I got three deals out of that. So it paid back, you know, tenfold. For sure. Any agent that I know that is doing this strategy, the referral or the agent referrals and going to these comp, whether it's your broker's conference or coaching conferences or whatever, or a bit of everything. Um, there's so many ways to meet and build relationships with agents you have in common due to, you know, these different things. And it's such a smart strategy that I would definitely be doing that. Cause I not only, you not only build relationships, but you're learning and you're growing professionally at these conferences and these events and, I think it's super important. Shut up and listen. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's super good. There's, so there's more questions here. Yeah, so with, with regards to your online leads, um, where do they come from? Are, are you purchasing those leads? And why do you think you convert them at a higher rate? Um, so we use Grivity CRM for our you know, communication database. And um, through Grivity, you're able to do a multitude of things. Um, text, email, send listing alerts, send market reports, and what those things are is anytime a listing comes out, it'll get emailed. Now, granted, you could do that with your MLS where you can put them on an auto search. But what's great about this is the emails are um, branded. So they're constantly seeing your face. They're constantly seeing your brand, your logo. Um, and then the market reports send them out any properties that have closed, went on the market, went pending, went expired. So they're no, they know what's going on in their neighborhood. So we tailor that for like the sellers. Um, and with so your brand, right? With your brand? With my brand, yeah. So with the logo and everything. Um, our lead sources, what, where we're getting our leads from online is Google pay-per-click, Facebook ads. We do a lot of Facebook ads. 
Um, we were doing Zillow and Realtor.com at once, but we've cut those off um, in the past like two months, which my buyer's agent is like freaking out about. And I'm like, no, there's business. You just need to go out and like find it. Um, and what else are we doing? Uh, Homelight, that's another, um, you know, source of leads for us. But the bread and butter is really Google pay-per-click and Facebook ads. Um, so what happens is as soon as we get a lead, it comes into our CRM. Which is which CRM again? Uh, Brivity. Brivity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so automatically, as soon as a lead comes in, it gets text. Uh, it gets it gets sent a text. Um, two hours later, it gets sent another text. Uh, the following day, it gets an email, and then we get a, we call the client directly the next day. So it's a task that we have to go in and make sure that we do every single day. Um, and they get communicated with like maybe five or seven times within the first three days. Um, so that's another thing is if you're going to start online leads, you need to make sure that you've got a great follow-up system because you're not going to get online leads and they're just going to say, Hey, yeah, I'm ready. The cycle for any buyer when you're bringing them in from an, from online is probably about 400 days. So you need to figure out which day you're on in order to know how to convert it. So are, are they on the first day of their search or are they getting ready to put in an offer? Um, so you won't know that until you communicate with them. And we do texts, we do emails, we do phone calls to kind of figure out what is their, you know, best method of communication. What do they, how do they like to be communicated with? Anthony, um, she's speaking your language right now. <laughs> I, I could talk to you for hours, man, about this. <laughs> Me too. You know what's crazy though? On this closing that I just had, and not to go off topic, but I'm just going to prove a point here. Everyone that's not doing video, this is why she has 75 closings. I guarantee you. The gal that we just closed, I said, what did you like about our experience? She humbly said, I love the videos. First time home buyer, very informative. I needed that, right? What did you dislike if there's anything? She was, I would have a reference of your videos because it was hard to go back. I'm like, great, done. We're going to implement that. I mean, so, mm-hmm. so videos, awesome idea amazing idea so the the concept that we're going over right here is that video content email text video voicemail all of that not any sequential order but funneling out and have your your workflow automation do that for you that's a badass crm i've looked into it that is what works guys i mean there's no secret sauce but making sure that you're disciplined enough to to do those specific tasks on that day that's what she's talking about man i mean that's Straight up, that's exactly what you need to do to convert. Um, Elaborate about the 400 days. I I missed that. What is 400 days? Typically, the buyer's in an incubation, and then in 400 days, they're going to convert her. Well, they say from different statistics done that a buyer's um, cycle on from when they first start looking for a home to when they finally put in an offer um, is about 400 days. So a buyer can start looking for a property this year, but not be ready until like next year, the year after. So we just average it out, but based on statistics, things that we've read, um, 400 days is really the, the, the key number. So you've got to figure out, are you on the 390th day of when you get that lead in, are they ready or are they on the first day? So you need to know how to cultivate that lead, how to nurture even if they're a year out, ask them the questions. And we're, we never, um, when we speak to leads, it's never trying to convince them that they need to buy right now. It's touching base with them. Hey, are you ready? And the, the texts and the emails that we send, it's not, you know, 
are you ready to buy yet? Are you ready to buy yet? It's always a something of value. Like, hey, I saw these properties in the neighborhood that you were looking at. Um, here they are. Let me know if you're interested. And then we give a call. Hey, just wanted to touch base, see where, you know, where you are in the process. The, the rates are at this right now, you know, just give them things of value. And, um, and little by little, the more you touch base with them, the more they see your brand, the more they see your logo, they, your name over and over again, and they'll recognize you, you know, whenever they, they do go to, to convert and finally start the process. I, I love that. Um, because, because that's right. Like think about it. it, it it's like the biggest purchase someone ever is going to make. They're not going to decide, okay, I'm going to look, I'm going to buy a home and like make an offer the next day. Right. So usually they're reaching out, they're doing a little research online and then they reach out to people they know they might reach out to a realtor too. They right. might ask someone for a recommendation. So it, it, there's a process, right? They're going on Zillow. Probably they're clicking and calling a random people like, you know, like as, as they go through the process. So you really need to, do you ask them questions to kind of gauge at what stage they're at? Or yeah. how do you, how do you, and then does your CRM, like, do you put them within a time frame within that bubble, like of what they're receiving or is, does everyone get the same thing? Yeah. So in our CRM, we can, we can categorize them by either a nurture, a hot lead, um, a warm lead, which usually means they're about three months out, a hot lead, they're about a month out. So 30 days, um, and a nurture, they're six months plus. So, um, we categorize them based on that. And, uh, and it's really just asking questions like, you know, I saw that you were looking for a property online. Are you, you know, in the market to buy a home in the next 30 days? And they'll tell us, no, not really. I'm not really ready yet. Um, we still need to save up for, you know, a down payment. Um, okay, great. Well, did you know that, you know, these days you could do a 3% down? Would you like to speak to our lender? Um, you know, and kind of, figuring out like just open-ended questions um, to get them in conversation and, um, and get them talking because a lot of times they don't know you at first. They don't know who you are. Why are they going to give you that information? Um, so by constantly communicating with them and talking to them, you may not get them on the first try, but you'll get them a month later if you're you know consistent with your follow-up. Build a rapport, right? And then six, they'll open six up. Six to nine attempts. You know, mm-hmm. you know what's ironic is that I parked and I, when I parked to go to this closing at 8.30, I was on the phone with my marketing team in uh, the Ukraine and Philippines and we were customizing a nurtured lead workflow automated system right there. And it's funny that you said that because how we're doing it is we're itemizing them by either income assets or credit, right? So if they have bad credit and they're in a nurture, now I know that's the pain point that I need to focus on. So I know the content I have to deliver but this is, this is exactly what we talk about on DC and it's awesome that you're doing it, man. It's just, bless you. Bless, bless you. You. <laughs> <laughs> you can sneeze, man, it's all right. <laughs> I sneeze on mute. <laughs> Try not to interrupt the flow and you guys um, <laughs> didn't let me do that quietly, <laughs> no matter what. Um, I love that. So you mentioned on uh, online leads, your, your, uh, realtor referrals and your sphere. So did you do anything in particular to nurture or check in with your sphere? How do you work that? that? So um, this is like a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we started uh, our loyalty club this year in January. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much like if you go to like a Nordstrom or like a Macy's, they give you rewards for shopping with them. 
we have done the same thing um and i did not create this i this it's through my r d department my <laughs> rip and duplicate um i read a book called perk your sphere by liz johnson who's also a kw agent out in washington and um and the book pretty much goes in goes into what she has done in her business to convert her uh database at a much higher level um if they refer us business with and now if they don't have to refer us business that's going to close but they need to refer us and give us somebody's name and number to call and as long as we're able to schedule a consultation with them they get a ten dollar starbucks gift card that reloads every month for six months um and then in addition to that anybody that has ever closed a transaction with us anybody that's ever referred us business gets a monthly email every month of what the month's giveaway is so next month we have um for actually it's this month uh and i need to send it out today so april's um gift of the month is a garden tool set with Cute. some flowers or flower seeds whatever um it tailors it to whatever the month is last month was scratch off tickets like a pot of gold for saint patrick's day and then valentine's day was something valentine's day ish um so we created a loyalty club uh specifically for people that have given us business and um and referred us business and in the first month that we launched it we got like five referrals just from sending out an email and saying hey you know this is what we're doing and uh and it's been great since so we convert at a very high level um mm -hmm. through our loyalty club in addition to that we have a i'm looking at my touch campaign right now we've got a 65 touch campaign um that is sending out newsletters we've got three client events for this year however i don't know how that's going to go because of covid um we've got emails we've got drop-offs so we're doing a lot um you know with our database in addition to the online leads so online leads you know they convert maybe two to four percent on average so you get a hundred you might convert two to four of them um we convert about seven to nine percent and uh but we can't count on that as our bread and butter so our bread and butter really is the agent to agent and our database and databases i'm huge on communicating with them at least 60 times a year um so the 64 touch do you like plan the 64 touches at the beginning of the year of what you plan on doing yeah we do it uh with our business planning in november so last year we did it in november we said oh i like this yeah Anthony, we should do something like that. 64 yeah. touches to our referral, like to agents that refer us. That's like a good way to like, not forget a, to do it. I have a 90 about, I have for the buyer side, a, a big, I don't have a loyalty club thing, which I'm going to definitely get to. I don't think compliance wise, I don't think you could do that. You or I. You can't, you can't, we can't. Yeah. No, I think it's under 25 bucks or 50 bucks. Right. Yeah, but for for referral, I don't think. Anyways, that's a different conversation. Respa Respa regulates our businesses a lot harder than you guys. Remember, this is recorded. That I'm joking around. I'm joking around. No, but the bottom line is, is we could give a Starbucks card or something. You know, probably. Yeah. We'll ask that compliance attorney. We know. <laughs> Add that to the list of questions. Uh, always want to make sure we do things properly, right? Um, but yeah, I love I love that. Uh, but sixty four touches is a great way because it could be just um events and a couple emails and a couple of this a couple of that it adds up fast and you, yeah, it adds you plan up. it through the through the year 
elaborate for the audience and everyone on Facebook watching. It's not 64 blast emails and <laughs> talking no. about an overall of 64 touches, you right? If I got if I sent out 64 emails, like he would be like spam, spam, spam. <laughs> he would be done Lock so after funny. a certain time. But it what, is who um, is this lunatic? What's going on? <laughs> It's um, so the 64 is 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 it's a lot. Uh, so it is a mixture of drop offs. We consider those a touch because, you know, and, you know, sometimes we don't even have time to, to knock on the door and, and give it to the clients. We we leave it at the door and we text them and we say, hey, we left you something at your door. So that's a touch. Um, an email is a touch. A text is a touch um, and client event. Client events, you can knock out four touches with one client event. And the reason why is because you send out a save the date, you send out the day before, the week before, remember, um, the client event, the actual event is one. And then afterwards, it's a thank you or sorry, I missed you. Um, so you can knock out four with those. And holidays, we do a lot during the holidays. Um, so, yeah. And then I any value market trends or anything like that? No. In the emails, you don't give any like market information in the emails. What do you what do you no, talk about in your emails? Boring. <laughs> Who wants to read about market trends? I don't know. Like because I, they're not in the industry, right? These are non-industry exactly. spheres. That's why I think like I always have to put myself as a consumer. Like, is the sure. consumer interested in this? And I ask people. Like, it's not like I'm just saying it's boring. I ask my spirit. I'm like, if I was to send you an email, would you read this? And they'd be like, yes or no. So, you know. Yeah. In, our, in our newsletter, um, what's going out is, uh, you know, whatever events are going out, going on in the city. Um, so if there's like, you know, family oriented stuff, like cute stuff, then we put that into the email. Um, anything that we've closed, like any story that we have, like tell your story, tell a story about your people that you close. So you have like a first time home buyer and they didn't think that they would ever purchase a home. Um, you won against like nine other offers, put that story in your email, like let people be inspired by, you know, what's going on in the market without sending out market statistics, because they don't really don't care about that. They want to feel emotion. They don't want to read numbers. That's, yes. that's not what they care about. Well, that's what I always say is emotion is going to sell. But, but what about like what I'm seeing on, on Instagram, a lot of is, here's the restaurant of choice. Here's the, the nail salon. Here's the good school district. Would you send that type of content out? We, we are in the process of starting to kind of collaborate with small businesses in the area. I have just not had any time. Um, that was my, you know, quarter one goal, but it was, it's been so crazy that I haven't had time to slow down and do so. But yes, that is definitely something that's great is to highlight the small businesses in the area and collaborate with them because, you know, um, you want to be able to give back to your community. I love that. I really love that. And, the, and like, that's the giver's game mentality too, of like yeah. you, you, you promote, you shine on other people and they'll, they won't forget that. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. Um, I love that. I just, I took like a lot of notes just now. I got, I got pages, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like what you say is rip and duplicate. Yes. Cause R and D R and D is like, research and development right but it's like rip and duplicate yeah. i love that love it, for sure 
So good. Other so I think there was a few, while you look up the questions, I, I want to ask um, what it like, how, so you mentioned, you know, reducing timelines and, and waiving contingencies if possible in the offers. Do you have any other strategies in getting your offers accepted when dealing with buyers? Cause it's, it's tough out there. I have a lot of agents like feeling discouraged because they just, they can't get, get them in. So if you ever try to call a listing agent and listing agents these days don't want to pick up the phone, don't want to text you back, don't want to send you an email, um, send them a video via text. Say, hey, just wanted to let you know, if you have to use a Snapchat filter, you totally can. Um, Just want to let you know I'm sending you an offer. This is what it highlights. Uh, I couldn't get you on the phone, but that's totally fine. I just wanted to make sure that I introduce myself and let you know that I'm going to do the best of my ability to make sure that this deal gets closed, um, you know, and send it out to them in a text. And, uh, and I've had agents that have replied back and said, wow, I wasn't expecting that. So, um, so it definitely gets them to kind of perk their ears and and get in front of the camera people. I know you hate it, but you got to do it. Um, it's super, that's a good tip too, because they're getting bombarded with emails and texts and calls. So I'm getting you know, a call right now for a listing. I know yeah. it's a listing and I can't pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if I, if I got a video, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pay attention. Yeah. So that's a good tip. It's a good tip. If you're making an offer on your, your listings, she'll, <laughs> she'll watch your videos. Have, you better have a badass package. <laughs> so quick. Um, Here's another question. Good morning. I'm in an inspection period. I just came out that the inspection yesterday has uh, needs roof, needs a new roof. How do I get around this from the seller paying portion of that? I mean, what would you suggest them do? Uh, for me, what would I suggest? Yeah, I, I know. What, what I is your position on repairs to begin with? So if I'm on the listing side, no. <laughs> Right. I guess that's the, that's always like, okay, well, sometimes, you know, cause the problem is by not getting them repaired is most buyers don't have the cash to do it later. They it's gotta be worked within the deal. I mean, if it's a roof issue, one, did the appraiser spot it? Does it need to be re-roofed? If not, if it's during the inspection period, the inspector is saying that it needs a new roof. Um, you know, try to, one, I would get a GC to quote me on what a new or a roofer to quote me on what a roof would cost. Take that bid and send it to the listing agent, send it with the inspection report and say, hey, this is what came up on the inspection. We need a brand new roof and it's probably not going to pass appraisal and it's definitely not going to get insured by the um, homeowner's insurance. So we need a credit um, and this is the, the amount that we're asking for. I always overestimate. So, um, you know, kind of tell the roofer, hey, can you give us a few thousand dollars extra? And it's just really room for um, negotiation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, usually if they know that it's a bad roof, they've got like multiple leaks, it needs to be re-roofed. They're, what are the odds that they're going to put it back on the market to get somebody that's going to come in and take a house that has a bad roof? Nobody wants a bad roof. So if they're in that position, you know, get the seller credit. If you can get the seller credit, great. Go ahead and fix it 30 days after closing, you know and have the homeowner's insurance uh, make sure that they note that and they'll come back out and they'll, you know, re-inspect after, uh, after it's finalized. So that's what I would do. Um, but in this market, it's just, it's so tough to get credits and, and things like that. So that's sending good vibes. Yeah. 
really, really challenging, challenging situation. What I would personally do in that situation is if the seller doesn't have funds to fix anything, then I would patch it up and get a roof certification just to say that it's got life expectancy. So now you're going to pass the underwriting aspect of it. So that way afterwards, the credit that you receive, you can use for a new roof. So that's so, good. One. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a challenge, man. But yeah. Good question and answer. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. That, so you got to, do you, um, are you going to play any April fool's jokes on any of the buyer's agents? <laughs> not just kidding. I'm not accepting your offer. <laughs> we actually got um, a few offers on a listing yesterday and I'm like, should I like, you know, play kind of play any April fools on my seller? But- <laughs> that's too funny yeah it's not, not too nice people it's it's a high stress um situation so we don't want to do that um yeah so guys we have probably time for one more question if anyone else has, has questions um but i definitely want to thank you yara because there was some really good nuggets in here and i took some notes and I've talked to you about them before, but never like this detailed. And I really, really, really like what you're doing. I think it stands out. I love it. Um, she dropped off, uh, what was it? Wrapping paper in December, right? Didn't you do that? I yeah. love that idea. That was one of the drop-off time. I love that. That's so smart, right? Well, for helping us wrap up our year. For the holiday gifts, as you wrap up your year, is a little wrapping paper. So many people like say, oh my God, I needed an extra roll of wrapping paper. We always need extra rolls. You know, you don't think about it until you have to actually wrap. And then you're like, oh crap, I don't have any more wrapping paper. So I love that. Um, You're being great, really creative. And and, um, it's definitely something that, you know, keep it up because I'm, 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 you're killing it. Thanks. Right. <laughs> Someone ask, um, do you include reports from RPR or IMAP? I don't um, in the appraisal packet. All I include is uh, so Broward County BCPA or any other county, the property tax appraisers uh, for now. For now. Perfect. And the MLS for now. For easy reference. Yeah. I, I love what, that. what you said is, is key. You're not up the you know what with that appraisers, you know, you don't want to be in their face, man, because now you look desperate and it's like at the same time you're they're not going to give a crap what you say they're going to do their job and i feel like a lot of agents do that and they're walking by side by side up the stairs with the appraiser it's, it's nuts i mean that's just it's not going to sell a house so what you're doing is effective that's the way i would approach it if i was an agent so i respect that completely i love that i love that so if someone wants to reach out how can they find you Yes. Um, they can reach out via Instagram. It's probably the easiest way. Home All right. Yara. Yeah, um, we already had it um, put in the chat. I'll put it again for you guys to, my, to follow. Uh, email as well. Yara at the SoFlow Homes Group. So we're starting to grow. We're starting to grow our following to outside South Florida. So if you're not in South Florida, looking for a South Florida. Uh, agent. We got Yara here. She does great things. Um, I've seen her. I actually have seen her work uh, in action. So she does a great job serving her clients. So it's always a pleasure. So with that, so with that, I think that's a wrap, right, Anthony? Uh, Yeah, that's a wrap, man. I love it. Appreciate everything. Thanks guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Let's have an amazing rest of your day. Happy second quarter. Happy April 1st. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. All that that stuff. Yes. Let's do it, guys. Have an awesome day. Thanks. Bye. Bye.